Welcome to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. We hope and pray this message challenges and inspires you to live out God's truth in your life. I've come to the belief that Scripture really does call for us to be respectable people. But let me say it one more time. I do not believe you can be a respectable person until you are a respecter of persons. You see, I don't know anybody that I greatly admire who is a natural-born jerk. Do you? Now, we might admire a few things they get done, but we don't, we don't admire them. I don't know anybody that woke up this morning and said, you know who I want to hang out with? A jerk. I can't, I can't wait to hang out with somebody rude. I can't wait to hang out with somebody who can find fault with everything. I don't know anybody that thought that. But the text clearly says in 1 Thessalonians, wait a minute, then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and you'll not need to depend on others. So the Bible is clearly saying to us, wait a minute, from this point forward, we should treat everybody the way we would want to be treated. To be a respectable person, we've got to be a respecter of persons. Now, before we get into the heart of this matter, I want to jot down a few things that I thought about earlier this week about what we know for a fact doesn't earn respect. Because we, we kind of have this opinion in our American culture that believes if you can do these things, you deserve respect. Anytime somebody sits in my office for marital counseling and I hear one of the other spouse say, I deserve better than this, my first thought is, no, you don't. It's not that we deserve anything. And yet, what do we know? If we want people to be a friend, what do we have to be? A friend. If we want people to pray, what do we have to do? Pray. I mean, this is relatively simple stuff, but here's what I know to be true. Positions don't guarantee respect. You can hold a position and you can give direction and you can have authority, but you may not have respect. I worked for a guy one time who, man, type A, high D, charge the hill. I mean, good old, you know, blood and guts, you know, we're going to win this. We're going to win this war with every drop of somebody else's blood. And I worked with this guy for a long time. And you, you know what I learned? He's a jerk. I don't want to, I don't want to lead like him. And yet every now and then, guess what? I'm good at being a jerk. Ben said to me a couple of weeks ago, something I'd said in staff, and you know, I was just popping off about something. And I'll never forget, we're sitting there having lunch, and this is why it's good to have a 30, a person who's been a friend for you for 30 years, because Ben's will always tell you the truth. I mean, really, it, it, there's nobody on the planet that can keep me humble quite like Ben. And he looks at me, and he says, hey, Chuck, you know when you said, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. He said, did you mean? I said, yeah. And he said, well, that was really stupid. Oh, thanks, man. That's awesome. And then when I thought through, when he described, here's how I think they received it, I thought, yeah, you're right. You see, to me, now that's great respect because he was able to speak to me one-on-one -on -one in love. And we didn't have to agree or we didn't have to agree to disagree because it, there was respect given. And that respect wasn't because of his position or mine. It, it was because I respect him. You know, titles don't guarantee respect. They call me the lead pastor at Sugar Hill Church. Guess what that'll get you? Nothing. Now, the office, does the office of pastor deserve respect? Yes, but the person filling the office has to earn it. You don't get it automatically. Just because I fill the office doesn't mean you get it. You can be the president of the United States, and I can honor that office, and I believe that office should be honored. But you know what? It, 
it, it's harder to respect the person, is it not? And I'm not speaking about Obama or Clinton or Trump, although I will tell you, Jenny and I went Friday night to the Ponce uh, City Market, right? And there are a bunch of adults dressed up for Halloween. How many of you adults dress up for Halloween? Let me see your hands. Stop it. That's just weird. We saw a dude at Ponce City Market dressed like a piece of bacon. He won, clearly, he won. But then on our way out, we saw these three people walking together. On the left was a witch. In the middle was kind of like a playboy looking dude. And then the guy on the end had Donald Trump hair and he had his lip kind of like, you know? We even heard him stop by talking about somebody's sandwich going, it's gonna be huge. <laughs> now, you can use your imagination as I did trying to figure out who those three people represented. Go ahead, think through that. Don't think too hard because some of you are thinking, Chuck, you're treading on very thin ice here. No, that was funny. I'm telling you, that, that was funny. Some of you about three o'clock in the afternoon are going to be, oh, that's who they were. Yeah. Age doesn't guarantee respect. Just because you're 60, you got to act in such a way that you earn respect. You know what I've learned? Experiences don't gain you respect especially if you keep making the same mistakes and the same experiences. None of those guarantee respect, but respect is something we earn. So I, I thought I'd jot down, how would I want people, how would I want people to think and act toward me? How would I want that to be? Now just think for a minute. So take pen, pencil, lipstick, mascara, whatever you got, dry, draw on your bulletin or whatever you got there. All right, what three things, one word only for each one, how would you like people to respond to you? How would you like people to treat you? Think, go, you ready? Go. Okay, some of you are still looking at me like, huh? So three words, each one of them are an indicator of how you would want people to treat you. You got them? You got them? Did any of you put horribly? Very good. Did any of you say disrespectfully? Very good. Did any of you say, I want them to steal from me and rob all my ideas? No, because see, most of you put things like I did. I'd like for people to be fair. I'd like for people to be kind. I'd like for people to respect me. You know what that tells me? That I am supposed to be a person that treats every person with the respect that I would want accorded to me. Now watch this, this is hard. Because you see, if we believe that every person that we ever have or ever will come in contact with are image bearers of the most high God, and we show them disrespect because of what we know or don't know or afraid of in them, and we're disrespecting them and we're not respecting them, this isn't about you and them, this is about your belief that every person on the planet of, the, of this earth was made in the image of God. Now you're saying, well, Chuck, well, I don't believe that. Then go back to the book of Genesis and see what God had to say about it. Because he created not just the heavens and the earth, he created male and female, and he created them in his image. You know what the, you know what the scriptures say? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And so anybody you see on the planet, so let's just say that you hate gay people. You see a gay person and you immediately are filled with vitriol toward that person. You know what you're saying? I hate that person. What if you did this? What if you were to say, they are an image bearer of the most high God 
And I want to help love them into a relationship with God to such a degree that they could walk and talk and live in peace and respect because we need to learn to disagree without demonizing. I see a lot of Christians on social media who have decided that this is their platform to hide behind a keyboard and beat the crud out of people. And I really believe we break the heart of God when we do that. I believe when we pigeonhole any group of people or any person based on some stereotype, we are saying, God, I know that they're the image bearer of the Most High God. God, I know you created them. God, I know your favorite treasure is your creation in men and women. I know all that, but God, surely you took a coffee break on that one. You see, respect is something that we are supposed to do and breathe and live, and it should be a tenet of our faith that we know that Christ within us calls us to love people, especially them different than us. You say, well, Chuck, I just cannot agree with their lifestyle. Didn't ask you to. I ask you to respect them. I think one of the things I'm working so hard on in my life right now is learning how to respect people who do not agree with me. Learning how to respect people who don't think the way I think. Learning to respect people who, who, who may be completely different from me socioeconomically or, 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 in, or the, sexual or, or, or anything, educational, geographical, race, ethnicity. I look at all this and I think, Jesus put it pretty clear in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. You know what he said? Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Now, that alone is pretty good. We got the golden rule part, right? Listen to the rest of it. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Who came to fulfill the law of the prophets? Jesus. And what did Jesus say that we were doing when we were obeying and walking in the law that he came to fulfill and the prophecies he came to fulfill? That we would respect everyone. He didn't say respect Baptists. He didn't say respect Wesleyans. He didn't say respect Church of God. He didn't say respect any denomination. You know what he said? Respect everyone. He said, yeah, but Chuck, isn't he talking about just Christians? Aren't we just called to, to love Christians who claim to follow Jesus? No. 1 Peter 2.17, listen to the scripture. Respect everyone and love your Christian brothers and sisters. Now, do you see how the progression of that statement goes? Love, respect everyone. Respect everyone. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Therefore, they are to be in ours. Respect everyone. And you say, well, Chuck, come on now. You want me to respect that person? That's not my imperative. That's Jesus. Chuck, you don't know how sinful they are. Don't have to. Respect everyone, comma, and Love your Christian brothers and sisters. Let me just stop and say, I don't even think we got the second part of it right. We find some preacher who's speaking to millions of people and we disagree with his theology. We disagree with what he may say. We disagree with how he does it. So we go on social media and we point out everything wrong with whatever he's tried to do. And I look at that and I think, when's the last time you tried to fill a stadium with people to tell them about Jesus? Well, Chuck, I've never done that then let me give you what the Greek has to say about that. Shut up. Well, Chuck, you know, do you know what a heretic he sounds like? Yeah. He's the same kind of heretic that we act like a lot of times Monday through Saturday when we're not in this room. 
And we all want to be respected, don't we? I really believe that followers of Jesus have got to learn this. We have got to stop screaming at everybody. Did you know that tomorrow is not just Halloween, but is Reformation Sunday? Did you know that? Do you know what we celebrate on Reformation Sunday? We celebrate Martin Luther nailing up those statements of faith on the church and claiming that there's nobody between us and God. We don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to go through a church. We, we can go straight into the arms of God. We celebrate that. You know why? Because God is a respecter of his creation, and all he wants is us to become respecter of his creation. What if we were to be respecters of his creation. Now watch this. Before you start thinking, well, Chuck, you've gone soft. I mean, you're probably driving a Prius now. I mean, you're, you're hugging trees. I mean, you're using biodegradable something. No, 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 no. This is not some tree-hugging mountain yogi master dude hanging around smoking weed, coming up with a great thought about how we ought to live. This is the most high God and his son saying to us, this is how we are to live in holiness and righteousness, which is all encompassed in respect. Let me give you a few things of what we can do to ensure we live lives filled with respect. Number one, every person is an image bearer of the most high God. Think of the worst person on the planet. Worst person on the planet. All right, do the, this may help you. Close your eyes. Go ahead and close your eyes, all right? If you're like scared of the dark, this is gonna be awesome. Think of the single worst person you know. Now, not some ethereal person you never met or heard about, the single worst person you know. If you're sitting there and say, I can't think of someone, you're lying. Think of the worst possible person you know. You got it in your head? Okay, look right here. Did you know that person is one prayer away from being your eternal sibling? Oh, Chuck, no, huh? No way, yep. What did Jesus say to the dude, the thief on the cross? I'll see you today in paradise. You know what all the religious people had to be thinking? Uh-oh. You know what he told me? Heaven's going to be fine. This is going to be good. I believe all of us need to recognize we are treasures of the most high God. If you're saying, well, Chuck, but not me. Look at me. I've made such a mess in my life. I've made so many bad decisions. I've had so many bad circumstances happen to me. I've had everything go wrong to me. And yet that doesn't change one thing that you are an image bearer of the most high God. You are a child of the most high God. You, God loves and cherishes to the degree that he sent his son to die for you, raise from the dead for you, go to sit behind and with the father so that you can have an eternal home for you. And that, my friend, is what respect looks like. Number two, respectful people learn how to differ without demonizing. This is a learned skill. We don't, we don't come out of the womb knowing how to respect people. We come out of the womb, and what is the first thing a doctor does to us? Pops us on the backside. It's not like five years later that you report him to defects. I mean, it's like, we did that. Thanks, doc. I'm breathing. That's awesome. Like when you're a toddler, we kept our grandson some this week. And you know what, you know what toddlers say? Mine. Mine. Everything's mine. We have a video that I love to watch of uh, one of our older girls now who's married and got a couple of kids. And uh, when she was like four, she, she was in uh, gymnastics, which by the, I have no idea why we do that. But the, she's doing this gymnastics thing. It's one where all the parents come, you know, cameras up, you know, elbows out. You got to get the right shot. And so in this gym, they go from station to station to station to station. And our youngest daughter, who's got her leotards on and the whole deal, she is cutting in line at every station. She is shortcutting the drill, climbing over stuff, 
to get there and you can hear over every noise in that big gym, our daughter saying, I'm fussed, I'm fussed. No, you're not. You're the youngest kid in the group and you can't do jack. I mean, she can't even learn how to roll over. You know, it's like, I'm fussed. That's what we do, right? Or what about a middle schooler? When's the last time as a parent, your middle schooler said, thank you so much for all you do for me. Thank you for the wisdom you share with me. When's the last time your middle schooler came home and said of their algebra teacher, I just love him. He is so great. He wears old man clothes, but he's so cool and hip. Doesn't happen, does it? This is a learned skill. We've got to learn and train ourselves to learn to be respectful of people. Let me just stop and say, this does not come easy for me. Type A, high D, charge the mountain, let's get this done, right? And most of my life, I have not been a respecter of persons. I've been a respecter of accomplishments. But the scripture doesn't say be respectful of, of accomplishments, it says be respectful of people. I look at this and I think, man, this is good stuff. I turn my notes upside down. You know what else? Respectful people believe the best in each other. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful. Love endures through every circumstance. To disrespect a group that you do not know is to disrespect the creator's creation. Now, let me stop here. I want to tread on a little bit of thin ice, all right? If you feel compelled when you see someone that is not of your race, race or ethnicity to find something wrong with somebody that you're seeing and you don't even know them, you are living in sin. You say, well, Chuck, that's harsh. I'm, no, no, no. I'm saying it is a learned skill that is part of a discipleship program that as we grow to become more like Christ, we will learn to respect other people best. This is how we grow respect. Respectful people believe the best in each other. You know why I believe in Jenny so much? I believe she can accomplish anything. You know why I believe it? Because Jenny has taught me in our almost 10 years of marriage, she has taught me the power of being respecter of people. She has taught me the power of choosing the high road. She has taught me the power of forgiving so that I can find the best in people. You know what else I've noticed? Respectful people don't interrupt and dominate a conversation. Have you ever noticed that there's some folks out there, you're talking to them, but you know that you know that you know that you know they're not listening to you. They're just trying to think of what they're going to say back to you. You can see it, can't you? I mean, you're talking to them, but if you look really into their eyes, you can almost see Milwaukee. They're so far away. And you know that all they're thinking about, you know what? Respectful people listen to what other people think. Respectful, respectful people, this is how that works. Let me just stop. I have got, got this down pat. I'm working on it. Respectful people don't interrupt and dominate a conversation. Here's my favorite. Respectful people guard their volume and the vial of their language. Oh, my stars, this is not easy. This is just not easy. When I was a kid, I'm telling you, I was a scrapper. I got thrown out of more junk for fighting than you can ever imagine. I mean, you can't imagine that. Uh, I went to school when, you know, corporal punishment was the norm. I have had my rear end beat so many times for hitting some dude. Could I just stop at the time? It was so worth it. I told Jen the other day, we were watching some movie or some or TV show. Some dude got up and just hit the guy. And I said, you know, that's how you win a fight, right? I didn't always be the first guy. She said, how would you know that? And I started thinking of all the times I've been in a fight. 
And I thought to myself, you know, I can't even remember why I fought back then, but I got tossed out of stuff all the time. And then you know what I learned by the time I got to high school? I realized that, man, you could be a bully, and that'd be cool. Because if you were an athlete, you know what I learned? Man, if you just cuss like a sailor and bully your way through it, you could get anything you want. So I'll never forget, we're playing, uh, it's my senior year in high school, and we're playing Lakeside High School at the time was the reigning state champs, right? And it's fourth and goal at the one. I'm a linebacker in my high school. Lakeside's on the other side. Their running back is an all-state running back. And I decide that I'm going to start trash talking because let me just stop and say, as a kid playing games, I could trash talk like nobody's business. I mean, seriously, I was the biggest brat known to man. But seriously, I, I am dog cussing that guy. And about that time, you know those yellow hankies that refs throw on a football field? It hit me on the side of my helmet. And I hear the whistle, and this, this ref says, come here, son. And I walk over, you know, with a swagger and an attitude. You know, a senior in high school playing ball is like, what, you know? And he says, son, I just gave them a first down because you're stupid. What? Yeah. I know your dad wouldn't approve of that language, and I don't approve of that language, and it ain't happening in my field. So you need to learn to shut up and play ball. So I'm like, okay. Snaps the ball. Guy, the running back, gets the ball. Coming right the hole I'm in. It's time for me to shut it down. I have built, I'm ready to go. He ran over me like a steamroller. Slammed the ball down, looked at me, and all he did was like, ha. Let me stop and say to you, when we learn to control the vitriol, the anger, and the, and, and the noise of our mouth, respect will come so much faster. Have you ever heard this phrase? I don't mean to be disrespectful, but. You ever heard that? When somebody says, I don't mean to be disrespectful, what is coming right after that? Disrespect. But what if you did like Condoleezza Rice does? I heard her say one time that, you know, sometimes when I have people that really are going at me about my positions or policies, I may say, with all due respect. Now, when I say with all due respect, I'm probably about to blast something, right? It's like, with all due respect, you're an idiot, right? But Condoleezza Rice said, what if we were to change our mindset and it would say, with all due respect, and this became a two-minute prayer, God give me wisdom on how to handle this. What if life was so different when we did that? You know what else respectful people do? They're courteous with other folks. I really believe we've, we've lost this. We've lost this in our American life. I want you to listen to what Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. How does that work with courteous? So I want to ask you, I, uh, Jen can tell you, I've been working at this no matter who I come in contact with, if, if they're on an elevator, if I'm on the way to a hospital visit, if I'm, wherever it is, just, hey man, how you doing? I hope you have a great day. This has not come normal for me. You know what I found? It is amazing what it'll do for you. Respectful people are courteous with other people. When all of you serve to, to work in salt and light, courteous. When you go and fulfill those backpacks, courteous. When you go over to the North Gwinnett Co-op, courteous. You go to Haiti, courteous. When you go to Guatemala, what is next here? Courteous. You know what else? Respect never demands credit. It never demands credit, I mean. Respect never demands, hey, look at me. Respect never demands, put the spotlight on me. That never does that. You know why? Because respect 
demands love, not credit. Respectful people are courteous. Respectful people respect themselves and those around them. Now, how do I know that? Well, you have to respect yourself. You are an image bearer of the Most High God. You are a child of the Most High God. You look in the mirror tonight and you think, okay, there's no way that is the image of God. Yep, even you. I know, I, this morning I'm getting ready, I'm looking in the mirror and saying, wow, Lord, you, you must like have a lot of work done on your face because this can't look like you unless you understand that we are image bearers and children of the most high God, beginning and ending with our heart. It's not about your hair. It's about your heart. And you see, you look at this and say, man, this, th- that's good. You see, Jesus, when asked what was the most important thing, what did he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. And love others as you, say it with me, love yourself. Say it with me, love yourself. Come on, one more time louder. Love yourself. You say, well, Chuck, doesn't, that sounds opposite of everything Jesus says. You want, you want to be first, be last. You want, you want to find yourself, lose yourself. No, Jesus is saying, respect the fact that you are a child of the most high God. You were made in the image of God. And every morning that you wake up, God is saying, let's do this. And by the way, he doesn't say it any other way with any other race, with any other ethnicity, with any other socioeconomic group of people, no people different in any other place on the planet. We are to be respecters of the fact that the creator respects and treasures his creation. You see, if you respect yourself, you're going to work hard. If you respect yourself, you're going to strive to do your best, do all that you can do to the glory of God. You're a child of the most high God. But I think sometimes we just get exhausted from it. But respectful people stand firm on their convictions. But I want to caution you. I'm almost done. Just look right here, right? Hold firm to your convictions, but don't be angry about them. You say, well, I, Chuck, I hate women who have had an abortion. Did you know sitting in this room are probably 20 or 25 women that have, and since that time they've given their life to Christ and have asked God to forgive them, and they have nightmares with it day after day after day. Let me just tell you, they were made in the image of God, and Jesus didn't have to drop one more drop of blood for them than he did you. Well, Chuck, I just can't stand gay people. Child of the Most High God, image bearer of the Most High God, how dare us believe that God made a mistake when he created that man or that woman? You say, well, Chuck, that sounds like you're just, you're just endorsing it. No, I'm not. I'm saying that we are to be respectful of the children of the most high God, the image bearers of the most high God. Furthermore, do you really think if I had 35 gay people in this room, do you really think they want me to just beat the dog out of them about what's wrong with them and give you a pass about what's wrong with you? Seriously? Over the past few weeks, I've gotten just, I I can't tell you how many folks have sent me stuff I need to say about the election. You're kidding. I will promise you, you know who I'm voting for. I'll guarantee you if I know you passingly, I know who you're voting for. And I'll promise there is nothing I'm going to say that's going to make you change that vote. 
So for all of you, all five of you this week who sent me magazines where you clipped your name off of the subscriber and didn't put who sent it to me, but put a post-it note on top of the magazine telling me the page and the quote that I should use this Sunday, I want to show you what I did with that. I pulled it out of the envelope. I saw the post-it. I flipped it back, and I saw that nobody had signed it. And I took it, and I love to do this in my office, and I threw it behind me, making sure I hit the trash can. If you don't have enough guts to respect people to put your name on it, don't send it. And at the same time, stop going nuts on social media. I love it when folks say, I've sat by long enough. I've got to declare my anger. Okay. Don't you know that the Lord Jesus is just thrilled with that one? Galatians 6, 9, and I love this, says, let's not get tired of doing what's good. Just don't get tired at it. Don't stop it. And at just the right time, we're going to reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. <laughs> what a promise. Listen, church, when we say the Bible is a big deal, it is a big deal for every man, woman, and child on the planet. And it was written divinely and inspired by the Spirit of God, written through the hand of men, that we might know God's will and direction for our life. That's why it's a big deal. We believe Jesus is the single biggest deal on the planet because when we get him in the right priority of our life, we will learn how to respect people. We will learn how to differ without demonizing. We will learn how to love people in the kingdom because we have got to stop screaming at people. And when we believe those things, we're going to serve people in our community and around the world, and people are going to see, why are you doing this? Because we respect you. You are an image bearer of the Most High God. You say, well, Chuck, you seem awfully passionate about this. I've lost some family since I've been here in five years. Almost every family I've lost from something other than moving is because I'm not hard enough or harsh enough or I don't, you know, use a pulpit or beat my hand on a pulpit and scream and spit and shout and holler. I grew up in that church. I'm going to tell you, I'm 57. I don't need anybody else scream at me. I, I, I don't need anybody else to tell me what's wrong with me. I, I need somebody to help me walk with Christ and hold me accountable to live for Christ and learn to respect people so that others can learn to respect people. And I've learned that to make a big deal about the Scriptures, that really is the key because then I'm going to put Jesus in the right order in my life and he's going to fix all my junk. And then when he does, I'm going to just naturally start serving people in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, we're going to prove that respect is something that not only we think, but something we do. And that looks like the body of Christ. Not whether you're Baptist or Methodist or any other thing. Jesus isn't coming back for a denomination. He's coming back for his church. Let's be that church. Let's be that church. You say, well, Chuck, it's time to, you got to hush. I will. I got one last story, okay? And, and my little hobby horse, I'm sorry. That lady in our church who applied for a job in our Baptist convention, perfectly qualified for it and got the job. Good for her. Let me just stop and say, she's brilliant. She's a wonderful person. 
But then she was contacted to say, you can't have a job. And you can't have a job because you're a member at Sugar Hill Church. And y'all don't give enough money to the convention for you to be able to work here. All right, look right here. That is why I want our church to always know that Jesus is the head of this church. No denomination is, in, is the head of this church. Jesus is the sole owner of this church. He is the shepherd in charge of this church. And us, we are caretakers of his church. Let us never be petty and stingy and short-sighted and weird about a faith and a respect of a God who gave us life itself, eternal life, and the joy of serving others. My friend, listen, I believe Jesus is coming again because he respects his creation, and I believe he expects his creation to respect that he's coming again, not for anything but you, his treasured church period. And I love you. And I am grateful for you. Father, we love you and thank you that this is your church. We are not measured on what we give. We are not measured by how cool we are. We're not measured by how big we are. We are measured out of pure obedience because we are image bearers of the most high God and God call us to live more like you that our image would be more like you. For every person today that's saying, I need that God, Lord, just speak into their life truth and allow them to hear from you this day. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. For more information and to find out more about our church, please visit us at sugarhillchurch.com.